Welcome to Green City, a podcast focused on sustainability. I'm your host, Lene Marty Henson. We invite you to listen in on our conversations for positive change. It is my hope that we can all come away with something that resonates within our own lives and inspires us to action within our own communities. Let's start where we are and find ways to work together to create more connected, more vibrant, and indeed more sustainable communities. Join us each week as we learn from each other. Today we are switching away from weather to talk with a musician who is in town soon for a concert hosted by the Des Moines Heritage Trust. Our guest this morning is Jim Curry, known to be the preeminent performer of the late John Denver's music. Jim was always aware of the similarity his voice had to Denver's, and following Denver's tragic death, Curry provided Denver's singing voice for the CBS TV movie about Denver's life. This inspired Jim to keep Denver's music alive and perform tribute concerts for his fellow Denver fans, which I am one. Thanks to the efforts of the Des Moines Heritage Trust, we are fortunate to have him perform one of his concerts here on September 16th at 7.30 p.m. at the Des Moines Heritage Center. Thanks so much for joining us this morning, Jim. My pleasure. So we'd like to begin with you telling us more about your journey to this point in your own words. Sure. You know, I've always been a fan like yourself. I I followed John from probably right at the very beginning when he got signed with RCA in 69, 70. I started listening and uh, learning the music. He's probably the inspiration for me learning to play the guitar. Hmm. So my life has been mostly growing up through those years. I was an artist and I wanted to be a designer or an illustrator. And so I was more focused on uh, art and, and drawing and illustrating, you know, for all of my younger uh, years through ele- at least through 11th grade and the guitar was more of a, a private hobby I would just sit in my room and learn the music and play and sing never thinking I would be a musician hmm. <laughs> so you know it, it was uh, uh, a connection with John was you know the, the outdoors I was a I was a, a scout uh, love to go camping, you know, be in the mountains and uh, the music connected that way, you know, and, and I think uh, in an early relationship, you know, with now my wife, you know, the love songs, of course, are connected in my life. So I, I had this constant connection with the, the music, even though my passion for, you know, a, a career was art. Uh, it wasn't until 12th grade that uh, the music kind of came into into my life uh, on a more st- steady, serious level because I, I, I've enjoyed playing music as a hobby. And when I met my wife, that was something we had in common mm-hmm. when we were dating was guitar and singing. 
Um, but that was kind of around the campfire kind of a thing, not a professional level. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad moved around a lot being a Navy career. And so with the, with that, you know, we, we were used to, you know, picking up and moving about every four to six years. So the last time was, um, uh, unfortunately, I felt really bad that I had to finish high school somewhere else. You know, I went through all through 11th grade kind of in one school and then 12th grade, I had to finish it somewhere else. But that, again, that worked out in, to lead me into doing music. And it was uh, that last move to a small town in Texas, Dickinson, Texas, that the kids there embraced me as the new kid from California. Uh, I was playing guitar, so I would bring my guitar to these gatherings, and um, they encouraged the uh, teacher to include me somehow in the senior play. And he couldn't figure out a way to do that. Everything had been cast already, and he knew that I played guitar, so he challenged me to write a song for the play. And I was a, just a hobbyist. I wasn't a trained musician. I could play and sing, but writing music, that was another challenge. But I took that on and I, I wrote a song for the play. And because of that, and I sang it at the, in the play at the beginning and the end of the show, uh, the class voted it the class song. Wow. And, and Rotary International because of that, I sang it at our graduation. Uh, Rotary International gives me a full two-year scholarship to study music, <laughs> which was total wow. tangent. Total tangent from where I was, you know, in my art endeavor. So uh, I took advantage of the scholarship and uh, went the two years, but also studied commercial art at the same time at the college, and ended up with a job at the college in their art department, in in their advertising department. And then from that, another job in Houston, uh, designing billboard ads for one of the bigger uh, billboard companies out there. Um, But, you know, that that didn't go very long. I had a little over a year, less than two years. I was very successful in it and uh, felt confident enough to move back to California and get married. And my wife and I, you know, went into business on our own. And within the first year, we had our own sign company. We had a lot of employees and, you know, music was gone. You know, we, Hmm. we were working like crazy and didn't have any time for music. And that was, you know, just where we were at the time. But uh, then at some point, the you know, the struggle of being self-employed just was more than we wanted to deal with. The industry and signs was kind of like a roller coaster up and down. And I just said, well, let's just stop this. I sold the company. I went to work for somebody else doing trade shows and exhibits, which is very similar fields in advertising and all. But um, that went eight years and then 9-11 came around. And that company wasn't going to survive the the big stall that there was in the business. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just said to Ann, I'd already done the voiceover work for the movie at that time. And 
um, we were doing bluegrass and folk festivals uh, as a hobby. And I said to Anne, I said, well, you know, let's go try doing music full time, you know, and John had passed away. Uh, there was seemed to be a demand, you know, for people wanting to hear the music. And so we felt compelled to fill that void. And as much as I enjoyed the music, it was a natural fit. And all along, you know, people would make the comment how much I sounded like John. I wasn't trying to, but, you know, I, I always joke because I might have been, I was a big fan of like Neil Diamond as well. I could do a Neil Diamond song, but you know, it came out sounding like John Denver singing a Neil Diamond song. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's kind of how it started. We, we, you know, reluctantly went into it in a sense that we knew it was not an easy business uh, to be part of, um, especially at the age that we were starting into it. We weren't young teenagers getting into the music business, you know, and um, so we, we, said, well, we'll try two years. And if we're not making a living in two years, we'll go find jobs. And, you know, that just never happened. It just, now it's going on 23 years that we've been doing this tribute for, you know, as a full-time job. So it just worked out really well. And we enjoy it so much more than doing the sign business. So Yes, yes. Well, and you're good at it. That's obvious. So. <laughs> So do you have a favorite tribute concert that you have done or a venue that you particularly remember? Well, there, there's a there's a few of the bigger ones, of course, that are amazing to us. Uh, the, the whole career and doing music has been so surreal. We we've done some things that I think uh, in the area of the music business that we're in, which is the tribute shows. Uh, you know, I think we were one of the early ones starting into a full-time tribute show, but I would have never thought a tribute show would have gotten to the heights that we've brought it. You know, we've been playing uh, these symphony orchestra shows and, and to be on stage with Lee Holdridge conducting and, you know, Lee was mm. John's conductor. He's the one that may wrote all the arrangements, you know, things like that are so surreal. Uh, it's very magical uh, to have certain members of John's past joining us on stage uh, is also surreal, you know, and that mm. those are very memorable, but some of the bigger venues we played in Indianapolis nine different times for or with the Indianapolis symphony. One was out at Connor Prairie and, you know, there's 10,000 people out there. Um, mm. We've played Red Rocks in Colorado, you know, wow. one of the top venues in the, in the country. And, you know, so, you know, it's, it's an honor to do those things and, and it's, it feels unreal at times but it's very rewarding to get this music back at this elevated state where we're, we're reaching so many people you know and every year some years are overwhelming i mean we we've had 150 shows you know one year and it's that's wow. just a lot when you travel on either side of those dates you know that's pretty much the whole year touring right. and you know so we've been very fortunate that way and then and then there's the small venues too we 
we have this iconic place in California that hosts um, some of the bigger names in, in entertainment. And it only holds 50 people, <laughs> including the band. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. Know, but, but people like John McEwen have played there and uh, York from the birds, uh, you know, so it, it's, it's definitely one of those listening rooms mm -hmm. and uh, iconic. It's, it's owned by the guy who used to run the ice house in, in California, which was a folk scene place that every big name in folk music had played. And, you know, when, when he sold the ice house to go into the comedy realm, uh, he opened up this other place and, and we're lucky enough to play there. And those are fun venues as well. So it's, yeah. it's a nice mix, you know, between symphonies and that small little place and the big, big uh, outdoor concerts. You know, it's it's been been quite a lot of fun. Yes. Yes. So is there a favorite song that is always that may be yours, but is, is always the favorite of the audience? Oh, my. Uh, there are so many people connected to the music. You know, a lot of people have used a John Denver song uh, as a wedding song mm -hmm. and uh, songs like Follow Me or Annie Song or, uh, you know, those those are some of the more common uh, wedding connections. Uh, I sang Annie Song to my wife, whose name is Anne, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, they, they, those those are fun to do because people really look you know they want to hear those but um i really connect to john's song um this old guitar hmm. because the storyline in that is my story you know Anne and i meeting it was the music that brought us together moving a lot the music was one of those connections in in the new towns um and then doing what we're doing for almost 23 years the, you know that song talks about all three of those things uh, so I, I really connect to to this old guitar. So yeah, one of the things that John Denver was known for was his passion for the environment. Yes, and it, it's it's interesting. I find that the group that bringing you to Des Moines is all about historic preservation, and what you do is about preserving the music of John Denver. So they're very connected. Right. Right. Yeah. But do you share his passion for the environment? And I do. You know? I think, I think, you know, one story that stands out to me with John was when he was up in the Northwest and speaking to the, um, the logging industry. Uh, and there was, uh, I, I believe it was one of the owl breeds that was endangered and John was able to connect with these people, you know, on a, on a civil level and talk about the issue and the problems and the solutions. And he wasn't anti-logging, you know, I, I, and he managed it very well with the concept of sustainability. And I think that's the word he used the most often. And I think that's a, I think that's a good balancing word. I think, I think that's a key element in in progress. You know, mm -hmm. with 
you know, as we move forward and, and, and we see the issues and the, and the problems that there is a sustainable answer, answer, you know, and I think that's, was a, a, a early concept. I think he was a, a, a good uh, advocate for that. And a lot of his music, you know, would point out those, those solutions. I think John was never a negative person. Mm-hmm. He always approached solutions with hope or posit- positivity. Right. Yeah. And one thing that I find, I'm sure you you do as well, is when you're talking in the realm of sustainability, um, you know, sometimes it's hard to connect or resonate. But in art, sometimes you can find ways to connect that that others can't you know facts don't mean a lot if you can't really connect with people and through music is a really powerful way to share a message i think the arts and music um has a, a way of showing the beauty of something and i think that's a lot more um of a I think the beauty that that comes through a, a, a lyric and a melody uh, touches a different area than the intellectual connection to facts, you know, because it's, it's more the uh, obvious connection to the to the reason you do something, you know. I think right. you know we saw that in war as well, and John was a, a big you know writer of of messages of peace and um i think people all people desire peace i don't think anyone you know doesn't agree with it it's just when you see something that connects you emotionally to it you're more likely to you know try harder i guess right right so in these days of turbulent times, which we, we, that ebbs and flows, where, where do you find hope these days when you're out on the road and, you know, doing what you do? Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. I, I, I see younger people coming to the shows. Uh, I had this great group of, of young men, uh, they had to be their just their mid twenties, uh, many of them from California, but we were in Buffalo, New York, (laughs) and we were playing the Buffalo uh, Philharmonic, and uh, they had flown to Buffalo to meet some friends they had in Buffalo, and they were all pilots. And uh, John being a big advocate of, you know, flight and experimental uh, airplanes and that type of thing and space travel. Uh, they were big fans and a very young fan at that, you know, you know, and yet we see these new interest in John's music for the same reasons that we all love the music. The message is timeless, you know, and so it's nice to see that, that, that gives you some sense that, there is a faction of society that still sees the value of uh, of humanity, I guess. But it to me, I, I struggle, you know, as a uh, 
uh, I was a scout leader for like nine years <laughs> and I, and I saw the disconnect in, in our society. I saw the, a lot of the single family mom, I mean, single parent, you know, homes with just the dad or just the mom and, and the imbalance that there was in that. And, and there's this strange feeling of the baton being dropped for a generation, you know? Mm. So I feel hopeful, you know, when I see these younger kids coming and finding meaning in, in this music again. Yeah. And, you know, I have to, if, if, listeners, you know, are, are he hearing this show week by week. I, I'm finding it amazing that when I ask that question, I like to, towards the end, ask that question about hope. It almost always lands on the young people. You know, that's yeah. where we we're seeing new energy and solutions and a path forward. Right. Uh, and I, I feel John's writings, even his interviews or his you know some of the things he spoke to in his book um that was a the probably most prominent element to his speaking and his writing was hope hmm. um they all all the songs will lead there no matter how much he's pointing out a social disorder or something, you know, or an environmental concern, there's always that hopeful feel at the end of the song or when mm -hmm. you're, when you're, when you're done, you know, that you you're left with a, a solution, not just, you know, pointing a finger. Yeah. Which is why we loved it so much. Right. It, it, <laughs> yeah. so, still do. And still do. It's still, it's still so relevant. Yeah. Right. So any final words of wisdom for all of us, Jim? You know, I, I, I think, uh, I hope people come and support the event. Uh, there's so much music, uh, you know, John's recordings are 290 plus songs and people know 10 of them. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I, I like to share in our show those that everybody knows, but I also bring in the rare, you know, songs that John loved. Uh, I think his uh, passion to connect with people uh, in every song he wrote was important to him because he had something he wanted to share and say. And uh, we've got, you know, a few songs that he wrote that he never had a chance to record. And mm -hmm. those are the songs that at the end of the day, when we're done, you know, we were able to record those when he didn't. And so it would, we, we've got the, the blessing from the John Denver estate to get the licensing to record the songs that he never did. And those are the songs that people want to go home with. Yes you know, because they're powerful. So, yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for taking um, the time to talk with us today. Oh, it was, it was really nice. Nice to talk about the issues and not just the music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we do that all. They, they yeah. connect. They, they're, yeah. they're in the connection, but it, it it's, that's why we're doing it. That's why John did it. It was the message. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. 
to our listeners, check out yourgreenportal.com to hear the podcast and see the blog of this show. We hope you tune in next week. But until then, stay curious, stay engaged, and thanks for listening. That's all for this edition of Green City. I'm Lene Marty Henson, and I hope you continue to listen in on these conversations focused on the broad realm of sustainability. I truly believe that we go further faster when we come together to have real dialogue, inspiring us toward practical solutions. Let's continue to learn from each other how best to nurture this precious planet we call home. Thanks for listening. We are truly grateful.